Dallas, Dallas, Dallas mm-hmm. have you se- have you seen the eating area? The eating area? Yeah, Branson's made a mess in there. What? There's ketchup all over the place, like the walls, the ceilings, across the floor. Ketchup, you say? Yeah. I just realized you need to catch up on a few things. General Roby, you're coming in. Begin transmission. Should you accept it now, here's your mission. Take your pilot seat and turn on your television. Logging into the Gundam Watch. What is a Gundam? We're gonna answer that question. From back in the classics to the newer expansion. Explore the lore with Dallas Moore and Branson. Welcome to the Gundam Watch. Moriagare, Moriagare, come and join the Gundam Watch. Moriagare, Moriagare, come and join the Gundam Watch. Brought to you by Geek Devotions comes another podcast to keep your feet in motion. Listen in close and see what's all the commotion. Logging into the Gundam Watch. Dallas and Branson bringing their fandom to you with the passion of the veteran instructing the new. We're diving deep, but the same these views and reviews. Welcome to the Gundam Watch. Hello, Gundam fans and those who would like to be Gundam fans. Welcome to the Gundam Watch, an extension of Geek Devotions, a show from Devoted Geeks are Devoted, letting you know that you're loved. I'm Dallas, and uh, joining me today live on Shiro Base is the man, the myth, the legend, the I wish I was Char Aznabal himself, Mr. John Haru. How you doing, bud? Ohio gozaimasu. Oh, good. How's those Japanese lessons coming? Uh... I am not sponsored by Rosetta Stone, but I will say it's a fantastic program. Yeah, it, you enjoyed it, it? It forces you to think Japanese instead wow. of just learning words. So it's expensive, but you're going to pick it up quick. <laughs> so John is slowly becoming our translate resident translator here on the ship. And so uh, I'm looking forward to see the the insight you bring to not just Gundam, but anime period for us as we continue on uh, this journey through the Gundam world. Hey, if you're new to a podcast and you missed what we're doing, uh, we're traveling through all the Gundam franchises together. We're doing a couple, we got a couple streams happening at the same time. And uh, I am our resident, I don't want to say expert, but I've been into Gundam for a very long time. Just say expert. (laughs) There's so many more people who know more than me. And then uh, John and Branson, they're, they're the noobs to, uh, to uh gundam john has is fastly becoming a, a weeb though and i'm i'm just so proud of your development uh i've actually been talking to my wife once i become fluent in japanese we're literally talking about taking a trip to uh japan nice goals man goals well, let me ask you this what just for the grins of it what's one or two animes that you've been watching lately oh <sighs> That is a question. I've been watching a lot of animes lately. Right. Um, I've been re-watching Mob Psycho 100. Oh, that's a good one. Um, not only have I been re-watching it, but I've been buying the manga for it as well. So, no kidding. Well, yeah. you're getting deep, bro. Um, and then um, I haven't started it yet, but I have bought the entire series of Assassination Classroom nice and i have a box set of the entire manga on my uh saved on my wish list for amazon so nice assassination classroom it's it's one of those those that s tier series i recommend people that show breaks my heart every (laughs) like i like for like 98% of it, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the way it ends, it just, it rips your heart out and says, this is it. Look at it yep. before you die. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. That's good. For me, I've been watching uh, various stuff. It's last time I've been trying to catch up on um, on uh, My Hero Academia right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, before the next season drops, we caught up and we went to the theaters to watch uh, the Fathom event of... Um, Demon Slayer, sword art, uh, the swordsmith art. Oh yeah, dude! I I was and, uh, I was super jelly that you got to go to that. I cannot wait. And if you want to know our thoughts on it, we actually on our sister podcast, Calm Talk by Geek Devotions, we did a special road trip review with our friend Kelsey, 
who is joining the Geek Devotions team, uh, helping us do some stuff. Um, also, I've been diving back into uh, Star Blazers 2199, which is also called Space Battleship Yamato. And uh, I forget how much I enjoy that. I really think you and, and Bryson would enjoy it. It gives me uh, Captain Harlock vibes. Okay, you that you just said the two magic words to catch my attention for that. <laughs> I said vibes. It's not the exact same thing, but I think you'll enjoy it. It's from that same era. So, Although, that's according to I'm Captain at. Harlock, there's wind in space. So True story. So I've been doing that. Also, I've been reading this bad boy, um, Gundam Thunderbolt. Mm-hmm. which um, I'm really enjoying. I need to find the anime, though, because it's all, like, um, in the Xeon side, the base pilot, he is a, if I remember correctly, a jazz fanatic. And so, and during his scenes, it's all jazz music, whereas on the Fetty side, it's a blues guy. And so mm-hmm. it's all blues music. And so uh, I'm told that when they meet in their fighting, you have this blend of the two taking place, and I'm super fascinated to, to, to check that out. As it turns out, I must be on the Fetty side because I am super blues, dude. Oh, yeah, Give me some blues. <laughs> um, yeah, dude, I was gonna say something, but it's gone, so yes, <laughs> that's all good. Well, ladies and gentlemen, today we're going to be wrapping up a conversation we've been having for, for a while now. Uh, we just never got around to finish the conversation about The Witch from Mercury Season 1. Um, they you know, they did some weird spacing stuff because of some scheduling conflicts. So uh, Episodes 11 and 12 were, were spaced out awkwardly and then life got in the way. And so, uh, but they just dropped a preview for season two and i messaged john he's like oh man uh, we haven't even finished the other one so uh since there's ketchup in the other room and i cannot wait for john to understand why the ketchup that's exploded in the cafeteria uh is so disturbing to me uh, <laughs> we're gonna get into this um so john are you excited about this are you ready for this um i mean at this point like are you asking my expectation? Cause I can give it to you outside of my pod if you'd like. Yeah. Let's just go. We'll, we'll skip the pods here for, for right now. The, All right. The spot, um, pod explanations for today. Okay. As far as my expectations are concerned, I, I, okay. So I've dropped off the series a little bit with the whole pause that we had with the timing and whatnot. Right. Um, I started getting involved with other animes and then the idea of coming back to it just never sounded super appealing to me because the show started making like that one guy at the party who thinks he sounds intelligent by responding to all your questions with just more questions, but it just (laughs) makes you want to punch him in the neck beard. Um, So um, I was a bit frustrated, but then some kindly person had pointed out to me that there are some English dubs that have been Mm -hmm. created and that they're putting out for season one. Um, And I prefer dubs. I'm sorry. I'm not fluent in Japanese yet. And I don't read very fast. No Uh, shame there. And I can tell you, it it completely changed the series for me. I caught up on, I caught more nuances going through the English dubs than I did through the Japanese dubs. So I'm like, I feel a lot more invested in what's going on now. I can respect that. So if you would have asked me like three days ago, if I was excited, I'd be like, eh, but now I'm just like, Hey, I'm ready for this. (laughs) That's good. That's good. I'm going to, I've already watched these episodes. So my expectations is tried to look for some of the nuances of certain things. And, uh, uh especially with what takes place at the very ending it's going to be interesting um but you got me wanting to go watch the dubs now i'm really curious uh, especially since the voice actress or uh Soleta is going to be at geekcon and so uh, we, yeah i, I may try to wish I could go right i wish you could go too so that being said uh let's just jump straight to the pods and uh watch this and when we come back um we're going to have some interesting conversations about some stuff and we're going to do like we've been doing with uh, the gun and wing and we're going to break down episode by episode. So let's jump in to the pods. All right. And we're out of the pods. Ladies and gentlemen, pop goes the weasel. Cause the weasel goes pop. <laughs> we're not there yet. John. Oh, sorry. We're not there yet. <laughs> All right. We have some conversations to take talk about today. Um, 
I figure we'll do this one at a time. We'll start with episode 11, The Witches from Earth. And um, the description of this, the synopsis of this from Gundam, our Gundam.fandom.com uh, says this. The members of Earth House depart the school to pick up Ariel, uh, Ariel, uh, which has been under repair. Their destination is planet uh, Kieta, a giant development facility that belongs to the Burnett group. But Soleta is still troubled by the misunderstanding between her and Mjorne. All right. So let's uh, let's talk about this episode. It a turns bit. out it's called the Bar- the Barrett Group. The Barrett Group. That's what they say in the in the dubs. Interesting, fascinating. Um, so for me coming out the gate, uh, I feel so bad for Soleta. Like I'm just like I need you to like like especially that part where she's like she doesn't get a lunch at all, like because she misunderstood what was happening and the confusion like that. Like, I felt so bad for this little girl at this time frame. Like, it, it really broke my heart to see her like that. Um, all right. I'm going to, I'm going to pee on the party here a little bit. Okay. You do that. Uh, I adored and hated how the, how this episode made me feel. Really? Um, you know, you being amongst my close friends, you know a lot about how what's been going on with me for the past three months now. Uh, right. And I, I've been going through a rough patch mm-hmm. and this did not help because I saw so much of how I feel and how Saleta was feeling. Mm-hmm. And I related so much to her that like this episode almost broke me. I'm like, Oh wow. Oh, I, I needed a break. And then at the end, towards the end of the episode, things started picking up and I'm like, okay, I needed that to happen. Right. I'm going to say this, that, that speaks to the episode of itself because, um, or to the series, it does a great job pulling up very real world, um, emotions and conversations that people are having about life and things that take place. This really is following um, the, and this is what I love about about Gundam as a whole, is it it deals with a lot of real emotions. This is a girl who is, because of misunderstandings, because of life situations, she's really going through depression. And she's questioning things. She's questioning, you know, her friendships. Does she, it, was anything real to begin with? Like that, that really hit home. Uh, and I know it hits you pretty hard, but like, like even me, I was like, I was flashback to some some stuff that's happened in my life, and even some things that happened recently in my personal life. I thought, like, man, this sucks. <laughs> like seriously, like, I, like when I talked about earlier how mm-hmm. assassination classroom hurt me at the end of it, but it hurt me in a good way. Like it made right. me feel for that character. Mm-hmm. That is more acceptable to me because I can detach from it and saying this is for a fictitious thing. Right. This episode made me hurt for myself. And I'm yeah. like, I don't like that. I don't, I didn't, I didn't, I don't come to the show to, for like, I come to the stuff for uh, escapism <laughs> and it's holding <laughs> up a mirror and I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like being, being told. And I, I think that's the, that's the difference of, of thought process of why we come to the show. Yeah. I come to Gundam period because of the there is a level of escapism but there's a level of reality groundedness that i enjoy as grounded as you can get with giant robots in space but that's one of the things i love about it is you know you have this whole internal conflict of punk amongst your characters and we've seen that played out between Saleta and then morione where at the end of that whole segment you know she has this revelation that she doesn't even realize that she's hurt her friend she's hurt uh Saleta, and um and there's this like hysterical runaway scene. Like it was funny watching them run down the hallway. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> she's like, "Come back! You want to say something?" He's like, "No, I don't." She's like, "Liar!" <laughs> so, but then Sustain. when she finally, <laughs> when she finally catches her, and uh, like it, you see, uh, Mjorne just goes, "All right, if this is what you need, you need to feel wanted. You need to feel like you know there's something here. Here's stuff, you know." you know clean my room three times a week i feel like she took a little bit of, it was funny because you saw me on go like what are you asking me to do now <laughs> she's like you know clean my room three times a day um email me three times a day you know all this other stuff 
there was this reconnection and really pulled down this conversation about like, you know, communicating with each other and with your hurts and your pains. It was just a really touching moment seeing this like this friendship restored in this moment. Um, and of course, you had some of the, 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 the political side coming apart. Like, OK, what is Saleta's mother doing um, with um, Mjorne's father? Like, what is this side thing they're doing this underground when they're like, hey, see, the permit scores were up to four and stuff like that. It was it was you had that playing out. But this whole relationship aspect this like these real hurt and feelings. They almost overshadowed the political conversation at the same time. Uh, I can I can tell you what Saleta's mom's doing. Yeah, being the coolest character in this show, <laughs> I, I am on. That? I am on Team Prospero right now. Like, for are real. you? She is the coolest. Like, I love. Like, I love. Okay, so one of my favorite movies is the Godfather movie. Yeah, uh, because the whole entire time you're like you're trying to play strategy and being like, okay, so who's who's screwing over who you know right. the whole entire time and then it all just at the at the end of the movie is just this big reveal about how things are being laid down in the background and right. I, I i've seen that enough times and i'm watching prospera mercury and i'm like this lady is laying so much out right now like <laughs> like everybody's a pawn and she's just playing chess and it's just Oh, it it's so good. And she could be the bad guy and I'm I'm fine with it. I'll be team bad guy for her cuz her character is just yes. I want right. the bad guy to win if she's the bad guy. <laughs> she is playing these weird things. And then you have um oh gosh, what was his name? It's um Ghoul? Ghoul's dad. Oh, uh Oh, I cannot remember his name right now. Yeah. But you know who I'm talking about. His yeah. his father is trying to work out some backdoor deals with Shadiq and um and then Shadiq's like let me pull my own power move nope hope you die in this too dude <laughs> <laughs> so I really think they're gonna play out some stuff in season two with Shadiq and uh, they're gonna have to I mean he's obviously he They've set I, him I, up. I think he's an Earthican who is working uh who's been adopted and um I really think that he's related to Nika I think the way that he there's there's some sort of relationship between him and Nika that he has a lot of pull. Either he comes from a, a family that was in a ruling class on Earth but was pulled into this for political reasons, or he's related to her, but he has some pull in, in, in her life that is it's something there. Mm-hmm. So, but you have that taking place uh, at the same time. And then poor uh, Ghoul, who's now known as Bob, which is funny Bob. when the Japanese guy. Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh so i still ship ghoul and saletta so much <laughs> i know you and do we'll we'll get into that more in the next episode but the entire time i'm looking at him i'm like there's there's baby daddy right there that's <laughs> that's, that's the guy in the in the social media sphere you're not the only person that's pulling for that i'm going to tell you that team right now. guletta <laughs> So what'd you think of the two um, Earthican uh, Gundam pilots? I hate them. You hate them? I hate them so much. <laughs> I don't think you're you, supposed have, to like them. No, I mean, just character-wise. They're, they're the type of characters that annoy me. In, in, one, in one, you've got the sulky edge master. I feel nothing because nothing is mean, has meaning and pain is the only the only reality that's uh noriu noria is that one and then in the other one you have the sophie yeah you have the complete uh i don't remember the word i'm looking for psychotic narcissist no um i can't remember it doesn't matter uh (laughs) but it's just it's the opposite it's the opposite coin of the edge lord where it's Mm -hmm. the nothing matters so everything's ridiculous and meant to be experienced and thrown away you know that the flippant sorry go on the the flippant uh care carefree to the point of careless and Mm -hmm. disregard for everybody else because this is my life i'm living and if you were living yours you'd probably try harder right 
Um, Celeste and I were talking about her and about that about that character, Sophie, and we both. Sophie is basically um, the psychotic version of Choo Choo. Mm, I could see that. If you were to like kind of pair them up, it's like if Choo Choo lost her mind and just went crazy. I think that that's who she is, um, which is an interesting dynamic. Um, now, these two girls, they're part of a subgroup called Dawn of Fold, which we met briefly in the last our la- our last episode mm-hmm. but it's this it's this terrorist group that's from earth um the the gundam fandom describes them as they carry out guerrilla act- activities under the guise of improving the status of earth uh aversions and um and that's the that's an interesting conversation like what is their real objective because i don't think they're really out for the freedom of earth like the way that they're working with um Shadik and uh whatnot like they have an alternative motive. I don't know what's going on. Um, but while we're talking about them, let's talk about their their suits because their, their suits are interesting to me. Um, their designs are bulky. They're big. They're kind of whatever. Oh, you're they're talking about gene- mobile suits. Okay. Yeah, yeah. they're kind of generic Gundams in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's interesting is their naming. They are they're Gundams to begin with, but they're legit. But they're called. Gundam Lathrith Thorn, which is the one that uh, Noria pilots, and then the one that um, uh, Evil Choo Choo pilots, mm-hmm. uh, Sophie, is called uh, Gundam Lathrith um, Ur. And what's interesting to me is the fact that they're Lathriths. Because Lathrith was the name of the Gundam in, in the prequel. Like that that was its that was its name uh that we had before Ariel, which we're assuming it's Ariel, it was called Lafrith. Now what's interesting is where is this in, in time and space? Like were these based off Lafrith? Or were the because there's some conversation people were asking, are these pre-productions, like were these beta tests of the original Frith? And then how did these guys get this? Because these guys have the Lafriths. And then these uh these uh these versions of Lafrith, but they also have the um was it the Storm? Yeah, the Storms, which were uh the ones that Ghoul's father made. Mm. So how are these guys getting all these weaponaries, all these all these high end weapons uh for their cause? I mean, obviously they're working with Shadiq, but then how does Shadiq get a hold of Lafriths? If I had to guess, um uh, is uh, if going back to the the prelude mm-hmm. um i don't think the mom and girl were the only two people to make it out of the initial attack right well i know they weren't because the that one lady who's in the other group that was mm-hmm. like the nurse when they mm-hmm. when at the end of episode 5 when her and prospera meet up mm-hmm. and she's like I, i'm you know, also a witch. Right. Blah, 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 blah. Um, so they knew each other by name. Right. Face. They recognized each other, which suggests they both came from that, that plant that was attacked in the prequel. Right. So obviously other people made it off and people with functioning knowledge, but not necessarily enough knowledge to advance the design to, uh, to affect to the point where uh, the, using the gun format doesn't kill you. So. Right. Because those girls were hurting. Those girls were definitely hurt while using Yeah, because they always, they always, their face started glowing and stuff. Um, and I tell you, I have my own fan theory as far as why Ariel doesn't, mm-hmm. why Ariel's, Ariel doesn't hurt uh, Saleta mm-hmm. or anybody else who uses her is because I believe that the gun format is... I think they're going to go into the exploring the idea of the soul Mm. Um, and like the gun format is uh, functioning off of the soul, off of the souls of people who died in that attack. So they're powering that. And so the reason why the gun format hurts the pilots and the other ones 
is because of it, it's hurting their soul like it hurts them to use hmm. it right interesting I don't know. That's an interesting thought process. Um, I can tell you that one of the running theories is that Soleta is not the girl from the prequels. I've heard that. And that the girl from the prequels, Aerie, is Ariel. And that's the reason why Prospera is so, this is my daughter. And like, is really awkward about it. Mm-hmm. And she's very, very concerned about protecting the Ariel. Is that airy is ariel i will i will say i understand why people would think that but let me explain why i don't yeah just because when she's talking to ariel mm-hmm. in the cockpit she uses the phrase everybody mm-hmm. which is plural which would indicate more than one person right um and as we've discovered you know those gun bits are all can are all mm-hmm uh run by the gunned format right so you know it, it could stand a reason where each one of those gunned bits is a person yeah that's an interesting theory i actually thought about that just briefly in the uh and i'm glad you brought that up uh which one it was the episode where she was fighting shadiq mm-hmm. that's when the first time she said that wasn't it that she's was like hey everyone we're doing a great job you may be onto something here john you may be on something with that. See, I can think deep about Gundam too. <laughs> I didn't say you couldn't. So I was saying that more to myself. Because <laughs> every time I come on the show, you drop all this wisdom on me. I'm like, I, I like the colors. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, anything else about episode 11 before we move on? No, 12 is like I said, 11 hurt me. 12 is where I want to get to, especially with the end. I want to talk about that end because I love (laughs) that end so much. (laughs) Let's do it. So episode 12, keep marching on instead of running off is the name of the episode. That's a long title. Um, It was written by an emo band. (laughs) That or it's the back of a, of a VHS cover. I don't know. Um, I am looking for the If summer. you want to understand that joke, go check out the, the Leprechaun episodes of uh, the Leprechaun 2 episodes. So rather of uh, the bottom shelf, another which, podcast that Dallas and I do. Right. Which should be um, coming out today, hopefully uh, the same day as this thing, at least. I can't find a, a proper uh, summary of this one. Oh, here we go. Plot. Yeah, there's no thing written on on the Gundam Info site. Basically, this is where the crap hits the fan. And um, at the end of episode 11, they're attacked by the Folodon, and they're just trying to survive at this point in time uh, as this uh, floating plant base is being attacked. And uh, Saleta and, um, and Mjorne are on one side of the ship. The uh, Ariel's on the other side of the ship. And everything's going the crap. And then at the same time, the president's friends, on the ship. Huh? The president's on the ship. Yep. The president, well, Miorne's father is on the ship. Um, and so let's let's talk about this because this is where the action takes place. Like these yeah. these needed to be watched in tandem uh, mm-hmm. together uh, for sure. So, uh, John, I'm going to, floor is yours, man. Where, where, what were your thoughts on the front end of this whole thing? Keeping me from the end end. Um, all right. So, <sighs> Well, I've already said I love the ending of this so much, but let's let's keep it forward. Uh, I love that this episode illuminates the actual thoughts of Ghoul about mm-hmm. Saleta. Yeah. In what could have been his final moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his life was supposed to flash before his eyes. Instead, Saleta flashed before his eyes. <laughs> and he's just like, I need her. And then he proceeds to kill his father, which was amazing. <laughs> so uh, that whole scene was was this more tragedy, in my opinion, happened in this episode than in previous ones. This is where you see people breaking. That, mark my words, season two, he's going to go insane. He's no, going to have lost his mind because no. he killed his father. I think he's going to come back a shark character at the end of this. Watch um, him wear a mask in season two. <laughs> maybe watch him wear a mask in season two uh another thing that kind of struck me about this though 
is mm-hmm. that like I have listened to the show this you know the Gundam watch enough before I became a part of it and I've seen enough of Gundam Wing now to know how typically Gundam starts um in media what in writing you call in media res mm-hmm. which is we're in the middle of action basically mm-hmm. um and typically you know when you come into a Gundam you're in the war the war is a thing already you know Mm -hmm. and i i I really feel like i what i like about this show is it shows you life happening and then it lets you see what proceeds into the war so you're like you you don't you're not learning backwards you're like following with it as time progresses right and i i really appreciate that if that's what they're doing although i will miss the high school drama instead like if if this would have been like gundam high school 90210 <laughs> i you know that that that's what that's what hooked me i mean if right. i'm being honest it, it it made me it literally fangirled me because i was just like i'm here for all the high school romance drama like it was right. a, it was a soap opera for me the... but in the past four episodes it's kind of ter- started going the route of standard gundam which is yes. political betrayal and action yeah. And I'm enjoying that, especially with the dubs, because I want to watch the action, but I can't if I have to read. Right. Um, so uh, I think that's something interesting that they're doing that doesn't necessarily pertain to the content of the episode. But it was at the end of this where I'm like, OK, we're actually getting into the war that it, you normally would see in a Gundam. Well, I think it's interesting to say that because I feel like this whole episode really felt like it was a a more gun quote unquote stereotypical Gundam show than the previous ones, because it was so this is the war. This is what's taking place. Like they're in the middle of a battle. You see the factions fighting each other. It is a, I think you're right. It's kind of the prequel to everything, but this felt more Gundam than the previous ones had had taken place as a whole. I think that you're right. The ending, which we're going to talk about here in a couple minutes, it is, it's the, it's the shot heard around the world. It is the, It's what I think it's the final moment for everything, if you will. Um, but no, I've, no, sir, no, sir. It's it's what it. it, it I'm going to use a phrase that was originally used for something that happened last year, mm-hmm. but I think this is more appropriate. This is the slap heard around the world. <laughs> yeah, I give you that. I give you that. <laughs> so, but for us, I th- feel like we're going to see a lot of things take place. You had Nika, um, so Sophie. Or one of the two, the two psycho Earth chicks, uh, they're about to blow up the uh, the ship that all of Saleta's crews on, and Nika realizes that these are Earthicans, are uh, Urshans, and she basically uh, Morse codes don't shoot us, and Home Dude sees them, like he goes, like he realizes what she's done, and so I think that's gonna be an interesting thing that we're gonna see play out over, uh, in season two of who is she. And what I think she's going to lose some trust because she was kind of like the like you know the goody two shoe, everyone trusts her, and now that's definitely going to be broken mm-hmm. here going forward. Uh, let me help you out with something here, real quick, Dallas. Yeah, uh, because I've watched all the dub episodes so far. Um, it, they pronounce it Earthians. Earthians. Mm-hmm. Cool. So um, I call it Earthikins because of Futurama. That's the only reason why. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. I did think it was interesting, though, that there there is a distinction between uh, Earthians mm-hmm. and um, the Spatians um, as far as how um, their weaponry goes. It appears that people from Earth, they don't have access to the high heat beam rifles and stuff like that. Their primary weapons were all very, um, quote unquote, down to earth bullets and shell casings. And what highlighted that for me was when uh, one of the pilots yelled at them saying, you're, you're uh, polluting, polluting space. space. And she goes, you Spatians dist- uh, polluted and destroyed the earth and ran away. And you're worried about this. Like that kind of highlights some of the undertone that I think we missed in the early uh, portions of it. Uh, partially because we're, we're watching it subtitled. And we're having to car- carry some stuff of this really is a, you know, earth has been messed up like and we saw a little bit of that with uh this when you see the school setting the girls come from of earth is pretty much destroyed and not destroyed but it's in a bad place mm-hmm. uh eco wise and this is almost a revenge type of thing which oh man 
I was gonna make a reference. You wouldn't get it necessarily, but Gundam doubles. Gundam Double Zero kind of plays with this conversation about the condition of the planet and Earth and um, how well we're treating it. And it kind of plays into that just a little bit. Mm. So um, I'm trying to think of any of the bigger things also we need to talk about before we hit the slap heard around the space. <laughs> um, I'm just trying to think because there's, there's a, it was, it was such a fast paced episode. And I think that's why I liked it. Like it was like, we're we're bumping through some stuff. There's some major conversations. Marie, oh, Mirones and uh, her dad had this like this weird come together moment mm-hmm. where he basically reveals, "Hey, I was a jerk because I promised your mom that I would be." Basically, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was like this missed guy to like they made this promise to always do the things to survive, but in his mindset, the things that he needed to do to survive inadvertently caused him to be a jerk to his daughter, mm. and uh, that's a whole conversation in and of itself of of why parents do what they do and how they responded but like at the end of his life uh well we say his life he's not quite dead yet um i think he likes to go for a walk but uh <laughs> just gonna make the joke <laughs> that but, one's for you francisco yes francisco ruiz the the uh, by the way if you guys want to see a a monty python the holy grail fanboy check out retro rewind podcast talk to francisco make all the monty python jokes in a stream he loves those mm but um anyways he also likes being called frisco county jr he does or roy frisco roy specifically um but anyways um <laughs> lost it i appreciate that her dad jumped in to, to protect her like yeah you saw this turn a little bit a couple episodes ago but you're starting to see this character development of like no i'm i know i've been a jerk of a dad but i genuinely care about my daughter and I appreciated that shift that took place. Well, that's 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 something about this entire series that I've seen that I've really appreciated, especially as uh, you know, uh, a content creator myself. Mm-hmm. Is I really love the fact that everybody is allowed to have their character, uh, their character progress mm-hmm. uh, through the series. Because in a lot of the other animes that I I watch, the only people the only character that's allowed to experience any sort of personal growth has been the main characters Mm -hmm. and then of course the the secondary characters all remain the same right Uh, i like that everybody gets gets character growth in in this series it's not just saletta or miorne uh but you know chuchu is has experiences character growth um ghoul oh my god the character growth oh my goodness in him i love how his character has arced so much since episode one if if they give him the gohan treatment and throw him to the side i will be so mad i will be so mad in the second season Mm. no they can't because he has to get married to (laughs) saletta They're gonna get they're they're gonna get married and have a lot of a lot of baby Gundam pilots <laughs> and live happily ever after. And sir, this is a Gundam and, show. There is no happily ever after. Sir, I am playing Barbies in my head right now. <laughs> this is a Gundam show, sir. There is no happily ever after. Sir, this uh, is a Wendy's. <laughs> now, where's my spicy chicken sandwich? <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's terrible. Um, but yeah, like I said, this was the episode where I feel like there was a lot more heart-wrenching moments that took place. Ghoul's father dying. Um, you had uh, Mjorne's uh, situation with her dad take place. And the then he gets mortally injured. We yeah. didn't mention that right after this whole thing. Yeah. Uh, you have Nika basically being exposed as being part of, somehow being part of this group, and she's and they're trying to figure that out um but um you know saletta gets back to ariel after her mom coaches her awkwardly um there's some conversations about this whole the whole phrase one step back two steps forward or gain two going forward some people are wondering if that is not some sort of um uh what is it called code code basically are you, are you talking about code. so uh, like social pro in social programming like a act like an activation phrase yeah there was a manchurian candidate code basically if you will right they they, they play with that in a lot of stuff like in uh spies like us and mm-hmm. yeah yeah man i know what you're talking about 
there's some question as to whether or not this is a Manchurian candidate situation where that is an activation for specifically for um, Prospera to manipulate and train uh, Sleda to do things. Oh my God, Alice. You okay there, John? I just had a thought. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna drop this on you. Okay. And it might ruin your day. <laughs> you remember in a in a previous episode where Prospera takes her arm off and shows that it's completely robotic. And right. you couldn't tell, right? Mm-hmm. And then she snaps it back on and you can't tell because she's wearing sleeves and stuff. Right. And you're you're saying that you think Ariel is airy, right? Or some it's, people do. Some people are suggesting that, yeah. What if Saleta isn't actually a human? That's that's the running theory. Like, what, what if, if Saleta is is, uh, is is just like Prospera's arm, but just a complete human? That's so. My theory of it, if we're going to row this route, is that mm-hmm. she's like. Um, Elon, mm-hmm. the first Elon we met. It's a uh, it's a person that was um, manipulated. There was a cloning process taking place somehow. And memories were, I don't want to say they were replaced. I think that she legitimately raised this uh, Saleta. I think Prosper genuinely raised her as her daughter. Mm-hmm. But mechanical or something else programmed her in certain ways. I don't think you're far. There may be some mechanical aspects inside of her, in her brain, chem, in her brain itself, or it's just the way the chemistry works out because the way they built but what the if, gun format. What if because they showed the actual Elon, mm-hmm. not Elon, um, or was it Elon the guy yeah. that Happy Birthday guy? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. What if they showed? Because they showed the actual Elon to show that, you know, the two are have been modeled off after each other, right? Mm-hmm. What if Aerie is an actual person that looks like Saleta, but isn't actually there? What do you mean not actually there? Like they haven't actually shown Aerie on the series yet since she's become that age. Like what if she's like, on Mercury or Earth or wherever they're from, right? Yeah. And then Saleta is just the kind of like the body stand-in sort of thing. In, in the a same possibility. Way that, in the same way that Elon and Elon, right? He had the duplicate and the act, I, actual. I, I think in you, we're, we're, we may be onto something with that aspect. I think that because that's the thing I've noticed not, about these Gundam series is they they'll show you little clues to what's coming up if you're looking. Oh yeah, and don't just go, hey, that's an interesting thing that they never came back to. Hmm. This may be you may be you may be onto something. Maybe also because it, it's all way to explain. I don't know what explains, but the the shift that took place. You know, she, you know, there was gunshots, there's blood, she's freaking out. And then all of a sudden, Prospero is like, she says the magic words, gives her instructions. And all of a sudden, you see trembling in her eyes to straight eyed, it's all good, we're going to do this. Jumping now to the end of the episode. Yes. Where, uh, and for those of you who haven't watched it, you can go watch it because we're about to pull something big. Um, get a, can I get a witness? <laughs> Bring it. Mjorne is in trouble. She's about to get shot. Saleta jump, just blows through the hole. How nobody's like being sucked out, I don't know. Reach. And then she sees that she's in trouble, and she takes Ariel's hand and just smacks down onto this dude like she's slapping a packet of ketchup. Yes. <laughs> and blood is everywhere. Like it is, the arm flies and it hits her, and then Saleta falls out of it, and it's like it's a Sunday. She's like, oh. I'm so clumsy. Hey, I'm here to save you. Da da da. Sticks like, her hand out and it's completely coated in viscera. It's like, did you just come off the set of Barney the dinosaur? You're so happy, but there's just carnage everywhere. And um, I think, like, 
that's one of the reasons that people are like, is she being programmed? Like, is this, is there something taking place here? I am, I am, I am thoroughly convinced that of, of one of, one of two things has to, the more we mm-hmm. talk about this, either one, Soleta is an, is an actual synthetic life form and not right. an actual person at all. Mm-hmm. Or two, Soleta is a real human, but she's been socially pro she's been socially programmed uh much in the bioshock would you kindly uh mm-hmm. form so it, it 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 has to be one of those two things right because like lit- that because that was the other thing is when when she came back to her mother her mother literally blew the brains out of like four guys at yeah, the end yeah. of this episode and Saleta's just like horror stricken at just people are dead. People are right. dead. And then she says this phrase and then she's just like goes Gallagher on that guy who is about to shoot Miorne. Right. Um, and then it's Gallagher. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was good. <laughs> um, and then she's just like, la 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 past all the gore and grime. And like, right. you know, I, I think, Demera could probably back us up on this that right. you, you don't go from that amount of being disturbed to being completely unaffected over the course of five minutes yeah exactly even even though with the charge that she's being told this is how you protect mm-hmm. and that's the thing her the way that she acts so like it's like a brand new world to her mm-hmm. all the time mm-hmm. it leads me to several things um but it's just i it's like there's nothing it's like she's a fresh slate up there and mm-hmm. she's being taught and so yeah Dallas, there's something I, happening. i'm i'm just gonna say this mm-hmm. and i mean no offense to anybody listening but that could also just mean she was homeschooled <laughs> well we know she wasn't she was on the schools in mercury but she wants to build better schools at mercury in mercury if you remember i'm just saying because that's just classic homeschooler <laughs> oh my gosh so well guys that's where we're at with that now that being said this episode this moment here um it almost killed the series we almost did not get a season two because parents in japan freaked out and i told this to john and john was like what um, and so I, I want to unpack that with you guys a little bit here. The reasoning why it almost got canceled was because, um, the time slot that this was airing was a time slot that was prime for younger kids in Japan. And parents were like, Oh, cool. It's, it's Gundam. And up to this point, there's been some violence, but it's not been a big ordeal. They're like, Oh, they're in school. You know, it's like, oh, he chopped off the, the the little feather on the guy's head, and the game's over. La la la. All of a sudden, you have just gratuitous blood everywhere. Like, like it's it's just it's a mayhem, and there's a there's a hand flying around. There is legitimate PTSD in the eyes of Mjorne. Parents spazzed out about this. Uh, and, um, there was some conversations about it. now. I, don't, I haven't had a chance to look into it. Hopefully I can do it later. Uh, I don't know what the fix was that they're just like, screw you guys. We're doing it anyways. Or if they're going to, there was conversations about trying to shift it to a different time slot in Japan. Um, where it's just more for older kids, but that's, this almost shut down this particular series of Gundam. So what are your thoughts on that, John? Mr. I don't like censorship. I, I am. Uh, I'll I'll be the first person to say it. I am anti censorship because, for as many people who say things that are contrary to what I think or feel, their right to do that is what gives me the right to say what I think and feel. So, mm-hmm. I'm very anti censorship. It just strikes me as a form of thought control. Right. But my right wing <laughs> rant aside. Um, <laughs> I have been watching a lot of anime lately since Mm -hmm. you made me start getting into the show. And then suddenly that sent me on this free fall into weebism. You make it sound like it was some clockwork orange stuff where I strapped you in a chair and taped your eyes open. I did not make you get into anime. Dallas. I just opened the door for you. 
you you social engineer me in the worst <laughs> ways when it comes to your stuff. Hey, John, check out this podcast I'm editing. Suddenly I'm subscribed. Hey, John, rule of three. <laughs> anyway, um, I've been watching a lot of anime. Uh, and there, there's a lot. You know, I don't know about Japan's standard as far as how they how they do their programming over there. So I'm speaking mm-hmm. from a place of ignorance on this subject. However, mm-hmm. um, having watched chainsaw man or having watched, uh, names are escaping me right now. Um, or even demon slayer, right. Know, having watched these, these shows, I have seen more blood across those shows than I have in this, even this last episode or the past few episodes or even the whole entire season of this series, you know? Right. And so, yeah, just because it hasn't been present doesn't mean it wasn't (laughs) going to be there. Right. So here's the deal The Japan has, they have legitimately some very strange constructs on what is appropriate, what's not appropriate, but they also have some very strict constructs on what, is allowed and not allowed for children and for older people. Um, I mean, this is the same. I'm not going to go there, but they have some very strict constructs on certain things. They have a lot of allowances for things as long as it takes place in what they've deemed socially appropriate timeframes. Okay. Uh, and so for them, and that again, that's that's where it was. There is a time frame that they know that younger kids will be viewing stuff. Okay. Now remember, this is the this is the society where kids are in school year round, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you get into uh, what we would call high school, um, your your school day doesn't end at four o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. You go to cram school. Uh, you do all this stuff uh, extra, and so you're in school until late at night. Not including you traveling home because kids like. It's not like you have a school bus that takes you home. Like these kids are catching buses, like public buses, or catching trains and stuff like that. Yeah, kids as young as 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 five, just by mom, and then taking a a, a forty five minute train ride and doing connections to get to school is the way their society is built. So they understand that kids, younger kids, will be watching at a certain time. Older kids will be watching at a certain time, and so way that they structure structure their TV is they're like okay. This is a time frame where parents would have would allow their kids by society standards to watch stuff. And by this time frame, they should be going to bed. We understand that teenagers will stay up on their cell phones watching stuff. We understand that, you know, parents are like, oh, you're a teenager or whatever. So we'll allow, we'll open the door a little bit more for this kind of stuff to take place. And that's the big issue that took place was this was slotted on a time frame where a lot of younger kids were watching it and parents who they understand what Gundam is and they understand the, the range because Gundam ranges from being very, uh, I don't want to say adult as in it's going to be like inappropriate with sex and stuff like that, but it's very, you know, adult themes mm-hmm. to super chibi SD Gundam stuff. Mm-hmm. And so these parents have gone, okay, all right, all right, this isn't bad. This isn't terrible. They may have missed the prequel, but for like, you know, 10 up for 10 episodes, it's been pretty benign. And then you have the slap. Okay, so let me give you my two thoughts on this. And I'm I'm still against how they approached it, but mm-hmm. for different reasons. One, I would say the fault mainly comes comes down on the uh, TV programmer at the station it airs on. Oh yeah. When it, when the st- when a when a when a broadcasting company purchases a TV show, they purchase it in seasons. Mm-hmm. to air so they would have had the full season and known what content was where in the episodes so it, it would be i would say it's the programmer's problem not the show itself the show mm-hmm. is just the show right uh secondly the fact that they were saying they were talking about shutting it down entirely just strikes me as being overly punitive uh because you know it, it's like it, it's not the show's fault Right. There, it's not is, like there isn't any precedence to it. 
it should just should have been on at a different time. Let the show continue and program it at the appropriate time then. Right. Which I think is what they end up doing. But again, you have to keep in mind, this is also the society that like they, they society dictates that you and your wife should not be walking around showing PDA. Mm-hmm. I wish society that says here. that if you're, if you're on the train, you shouldn't be on your phone talking. I need to move um, to Japan, dude. <laughs> you probably do. So, <laughs> but there's a lot of there's a lot of social things. You know, that one of the reasons why people they, in Japan they don't like Americans uh, traditionally is because they're loud. And That's when you're fact. in public in your society, you shouldn't be loud. You shouldn't. You should be quiet. I need to go to uh, Japan. There's a structure of you shouldn't stand out though. You shouldn't be abnormal. You should mm-hmm. flow with everybody because, and again, this goes into a whole lot of of, of stuff. As an island nation that is prone to tsunamis and earthquakes and stuff like that, at a drop of a bucket, the entire country has to operate as one unit to survive. Mm. So you should not stand out, shouldn't do things abnormal, because at a drop of a bucket, we will need you to be not John, but Japan. Mm. I can dig that. And like I said at the beginning of this part of the conversation, is I, I am approaching it from a position of ignorance when it comes to culturally how they function with their TV programming and, and all that. It's just me speaking from the perspective of white John from Washington state, North America. Right. um, That that's just kind of how it hit me about hearing about it. So it it very well is a a cultural thing, but um, I'm finding the more, the longer I'm alive, the less I'm an active activist for punitive action. Right. Or heavy punitive action for artistic reasons. Right. So. I get that. I get that. Well, John, any last thoughts on this? Uh, these last two episodes? I'm interested to see how it's going. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm hoping that for season two, they take it back to the school because mm-hmm. that's where I fell in love with the show, but I have a feeling I'm wa- I'm waving Bond Voyage because <laughs> the show is about to go on a trip elsewhere. So right. And I'm I can fine. tell you from the I can tell you from the preview, there's a lot of clips that take place in the school setting. Oh really? Cool. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see actual classes in the school, mm. to be perfectly honest. Like right it's the slice of life portion of the show that really has me hooked. The action and the political intrigue is fun, but really mm-hmm. it's, it, it's the social interactions that, uh, that's really got me hooked on the show. So I want to see more drama. Right. I gotcha. Well, uh, because we've asked at the end of every episode as up to this point, if this was the first time you've been into Gundam, is this not to keep you going and investing in Gundam? Or oh. you're like, you know what? This Gundam thing I'm kind of want to bounce out. Uh, no, this is, this is good. Um, it's definitely got me hooked on this particular series. Um, mm-hmm. and this really was my first Gundam. I mean, yeah. technically I'm doing wing with you guys too, but, right. um, this was the one that got me into the whole thing. And, uh, you know, this would definitely be a good jump on point. As long as you yeah. understand that you don't have to watch the, that all the series aren't connected they're yeah so definitely you know we did a i did a youtube short for our youtube channel asking you know does gundam have a problem because there's so many things and that it's one of our highest views actually on the the gundam watch youtube channel uh the short but there's a lot of conversation about um some people feel that yes it inherently has a problem with the fact that everyone goes oh gundam so there's a there's an instinct to go oh you got to watch everything else to really understand it but if you can separate it, if you can undergo an understanding, no, this is a separate Gundam. It's not part of the UC. You'll, you'll, Gundam can continue on doing well. So, all right, cool. Well, guys, those are our thoughts. We want to know your thoughts in season one of The Witch for Mercury. Did you enjoy it? Did you not enjoy it? What do you think of these last two episodes? What do you think about the, the controversy of it potentially being shut down? Obviously, it's not. It's going to be back in April. So everyone get ready, get your, your crunchy roll app ready to go. Cause April we're getting more, uh, which for Mercury. That being said, we're going to transition now into our maintenance reports. Now loading the cruise maintenance reports. Reports begin in three, two, one. 
Hello, everybody, and uh, welcome to the maintenance reports portion of the show where we try to find some redeeming thoughts or ideas that ha- have been inspired by the things that we've been talking about for the last hour. Um, Dallas, do you have a maintenance report for us? I do. Um, mine is coming from uh, episode 11 that John wanted to turn off and, and kill. Um, <laughs> Um, because it, it was a, it was a, it was such a big portion where Soleta is, is dealing with this grief and by grief, it's, there's so much going on, so much confusion and it started with a misunderstanding of what was happening in reality. And to the point that she felt isolated, she felt alone. She felt like nobody cared about her. She felt like everything she had done up to this point had been a lie. And, um, you know, it brought me to, uh, the scriptures cause that happens with some, and sometimes there's a legitimate offense. Sometimes it's a perceived offense. And the question is, what are we supposed to do when there's offense that takes place? And Jesus says in a couple places about dealing with offense, dealing with, with uh, these situations. Matthew 5, uh, verses 23 to 24 says this. So if you are offering your gift at the altar, so if you're coming to do some worship, and there, and there remember that your brother has something against you. So you, you remember that there's somebody that you've wronged somehow you've done that you've done the issues with um leave your gift there before the altar and go first be reconciled to your brother then come to offer your gift so he's saying look if there's an issue go handle it go go you know go to him say hey look there's this issue that's taking place i i have bitterness towards you i have um i have this or no i'm sorry this is if they have something against you so if you know you've done wrong you've done something that's offended somebody you've you've stepped out of line you should Go handle that. You need to go to them and reconcile with them. At the same time, what if that's been done against you? And that's where we jump over to uh, Matthew chapter 18, verse 15 uh, through 20. It says this, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his faults before you and him alone. So he says, if there's someone's done you wrong, go to them. Go to them in private. This isn't like, you know, go up to them, hey, you idiot, and you, you jump them. But you go and talk to them. And it says, if he listens to you, you've gained a brother. But if he does not listen to you, take one or two along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. Now, this is not a, let's get a group together, a posse together and gang up on this person. But it's like, hey, you know, you're not admitting, you're, 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 in, that you're, you're continuing to say that you you're, that there's nothing wrong here and that you have, you know, you, you've rightfully wronged me <laughs> and you're not taking a posse to beat them up again. It's a matter of like, look, Hey, let's talk this out because there's not some, there's some stuff that's not being understood. Let's walk through this. And some of this takes some humility because maybe that's you in that conversation, you admit that where you were wrong with certain things. Um, and then 17, if he refuses to listen, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen, even to the church, let him be chested, uh, uh, let him be as a Gentile and a tax collector. And what he's saying here is like, look, you know, go up the chain of command, you know, bring a couple people. Hey, look, this is our issue. And then go to the authorities. And then if they're still, and again, this is some genuine issues are taking place. That's when you do some different things take place. But my point is, if there's a fence, we have to take care of it on both sides. And the problem is a lot of people, they expect it to be a, well, that's, you know, if, if you're hurt, then you need to come to me. Well, if you know you did wrong, you need to go to them. And there's this the whole thing about working in a biblical community. It takes honesty. You have to be honest with people when you've been hurt. At the same time, you've got to be honest when you've hurt people and work that out together. And the whole point is not to, to get angry at people and to throw them out. But every both cases is to rebuild the covenant, rebuild the relationship, rebuild friendship, bring things together. Unfortunately, we do have a situation here where it talks about if it happens, you know, look, dust off the, the, the dust off your feet move on sometimes if the person who's wrong continues to be wrong you go on serving the lord you go on doing what you need to do let the lord do stuff you know the bible says that um the uh lord's our refuge but also he he's our our um our vindicator he he takes care of the situation he will get justice we don't go out of our way to get the justice against somebody we continue to serve the lord and he will take care of the person who's done wrong in some fashion and so that is uh, my maintenance report. If you know, Saleta had gone to Mjorne, I going, "Hey, I'm hurt." Things would have been handled beforehand. 
And if Miorne had found out what she found out, she found out that she had done wrong somehow. <laughs> you know, she wouldn't really understand the extent of it. And that's okay. If you don't understand the extent of how you've hurt somebody, you know, you don't have to know the full extent. Just go to them, apologize, open that door so you can understand the emotions so you can rebuild that relationship, that friendship that needs to take place there. So that's my maintenance report. All right. You got anything, bro? I don't. Okay. <laughs> that's fine. All right, guys. Well, those are our, our maintenance reports. That's uh, our thoughts for today. I want to hear from you guys. Did you have a maintenance report coming out of this? How has this podcast encouraged you? Has it challenged you? Uh, let us know. You can reach out to us on our social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just look for The Gundam Watch. Uh, John, is there anything that you would like to promote to the wonderful people listening? Nah, I think I kind of crammed that in when I said go listen to uh, The Bottom Shelf, The Leprechaun. <laughs> True story. There's a lot more that John does, some amazing things. If you want to check it out, make sure you go uh, check out the link tree in the description down below. And uh, if you've enjoyed this podcast, please share it out with everyone you know that is also a Gundam fan or maybe thinking about becoming a Gundam fan. And uh, yeah, that's it. So until next time, stay devoted. Love and peace. peace.